Well, we began a new series last Sunday called Thankful. Say, thankful. Thankful. Now, November is the season for thankfulness. If we could start my timer back there, it'll help me, please. November is the season for thankfulness. But how many understand that thankfulness should not be just a seasonal thing, but it ought to be a lifestyle. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 18, it is our foundational uh, scripture for this series this month. Paul writes, and he says, be thankful in all circumstances. Say, in all circumstances. He says, be thankful in all circumstances. Why? For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. What is God's will for us? God's will for us is to practice thanks living, to be thankful every day for all of the blessings uh, that we have in our life. Well, for each Sunday in November, we're going to focus on a particular thing that we should continually be thankful for. This past Sunday, as we began this new series, we talked about being thankful for the cross. How many of you are thankful for the cross? Well, today we are going to focus on hope. I don't know about you, but I am thankful for hope. Thankful for hope. Well, today I want to call your attention to five things about hope. Now, don't get freaked out about five things. It's 30 minutes, no matter how many points that I have. Well, I want to begin this morning by talking about the fact. Say the fact. And the fact is, hope has spiraled downward recently. Would you agree? I don't know, but perhaps hope has plummeted to lower depths than ever before, at least in our lifetime. Not for all, but for all too many. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. The fact is, suicides are at an all-time high. So is addiction and emotional and mental health issues. The counselors and psychiatrists' phones are, are literally blowing up today. The fact is, hope has spiraled down to depths beyond what this generation has ever known before. Why is that? Why is that? Well, my second point, we'll talk about the why. The second thing I want to talk about today, and that is I want to talk about the foes. The foes. Second John, verse number 8 says, watch out that you do not lose what you have. And John chapter 10 and verse number 10, it says the thief, I believe is talking about the devil, the the thief or Satan, he comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. How many understand that the devil will use anything and everything to try and destroy our hope? Let me just briefly mention five foes or five enemies that Satan is using today. Five foes or enemies of hope. The first one is the pandemic. The pandemic. You know, this pandemic is wearing people out. Social distancing, sheltering in place, face masks, toilet paper shortages. You know, people weren't designed to live like this. We were designed to live with people. We were designed to live with touch, amen? People were not designed to live the way that we have been and will continue for some time to live. And what is the real truth about all this? 
What is the real truth about all this? Everyone seems to have a different answer. And every so-called expert seems to have an agenda. And I included everyone, okay? I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not stating particular uh, areas or things, but I'm saying that, that it seems to be all with an agenda. And, and you can find experts with high-powered credentials on both sides of the fence. Hope is a challenge when you don't know who or what to believe. Another foe or enemy of hope is problems. You know, this pandemic has produced a whole set of problems all its own. Some say that the solution is worse than the problem. People have lost their jobs. Long-time successful companies, companies that have been around for 100 years have, have gone bankrupt and closed their doors. Restaurants have closed. I've heard the statistic that 20% of churches, churches, 20% of churches either have or will close their doors. Every pastor is trying to navigate through uncharted waters. I've already stated that addictions have skyrocketed, that child and spousal abuse are off the charts. Problems, problems, problems. Everywhere you look, there's problems. Another foe or enemy of hope is people. <laughs> Don't look at anybody, but say people. <laughs> I said that to kind of, you know, lighten up the mood a little bit. But listen, listen, the truth of the matter is we are experiencing a virtual civil war. Now, people have always had differences, but because of modern technology, because of social media, everybody has a voice. And suddenly everybody has become an expert. I'm certainly one. How about you? There's a virtual tug of war that is constant. And people can be so ugly and they can be so vicious and so rude and so condescending and so judgmental. And sometimes, sometimes my heart literally hurts as I witness people supposed to be Christians, supposed to be Christians. Christian, Christian, the word Christian means Christ-like or Christ-follower. Watch them lash out at each other on social media. I have even been a target myself a few times from people, from people that I have, I have spent hours and hours and hours with in pastoral care down through the years. People can definitely be a foe or an enemy of hope. Another foe is pain. Consistent pain, whether physical, emotional, or mental, can rob you of hope. I've witnessed people endure pain that seem to get progressively worse with each passing day. I've walked the halls of hospitals for 48 years, witnessing the relentless pain that my parishioners have had to endure. I can't tell you how many times I, I've, I've had to literally watch the light of hope start dimming and finally go out completely in the eyes of people that I dearly loved and that I had shepherded. Pain is a foe of hope. And let me give you one more this morning, and that is panic. 
There's much panic in the land today. Extremists on both sides of the political fence are breeding this and stoking this fire. Please understand, I am in no way minimizing the situation and the circumstances that we are facing today. They are real. But I never have and hopefully I never will panic. I've lived now for over 65 years. I have to tell you that because I know you wouldn't believe it if I didn't tell you. (laughs) I was at a funeral yesterday and I hadn't seen a young man who was in my church in Midland uh, 20-something years ago. He told me yesterday I look younger today than I looked back then when I was his pastor. That just tells me I must have looked really old back then. But I've lived now for over 65 years and I cannot tell you how many crises that we have lived through in my lifetime. And each one was presented as the end of the world. I was chastised when all this pandemic came down because I wasn't preaching on end times. I believe in the rapture of the church. So did Paul 2,000 years ago. I believe the rapture could happen today. So did Paul 2,000 years ago. Here's what I've learned. I can scare people with end time preaching and change them for about two hours. How do I know that? Because I grew up that way. I got scared every Sunday night. (laughs) Prayed through the altar. Got up on Monday and lived like the devil the rest of the week. (laughs) My answer to that is, if you'll just do what I've been preaching to you for almost 18 years, you'll be ready whenever the rapture comes. You don't need me to scare you into the end times. I'm I'm not throwing, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's just not the message that the Lord has given to me down through the years. But the message that God has given to me down through the years, if you'll just pay attention and put into practice the word that I've been teaching and putting into your life and into your heart and into your spirit all these years, you'll be ready whenever Jesus comes. I can't tell you how many crises that I have personally lived through in my lifetime and each one of them were presented as the end of the world. Man, 2,000, man, we couldn't believe it. Jesus had to come before that rolled over to that 2,000. Remember that? Did you know that was 20 years ago? Do I recognize the crisis? Do I respect its possibilities? Do I respond with wisdom and caution? Yes, yes, and yes, but I refuse to panic. I said I refuse to panic because I realize that panic is an enemy of hope. Is anybody in this house still with me this morning? All right, we've addressed the fact. We've addressed the foes. Now let's address the foundation. I mean, know that any structure is only as strong as its foundation. Our subject today is hope. Hope. Are you thankful for hope? What is the foundation that, that, that our hope is built upon, that is resting upon? Well, let me suggest two this morning. First of all, first of all, the foundation of the Savior. The Savior, Jesus, is the foundation of our hope. 
First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1, oh, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Timmy, he says, he says, I'm writing you to you as an apostle of Christ Jesus, the one who gives us hope. Jesus and Jesus alone is the foundation of our hope. See, my hope is not in a political party or particular president. My hope is not in a vaccine or various medical protocols. My hope is not in a government handout or hand up. My hope is in my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear me this morning? I said the foundation of our hope today, amen, it is not of this world. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I am the same yesterday and today and forever. I'm telling you that the Jesus of the past is the Jesus of the present. And he is our foundation. And because, because of our faith in Jesus today, amen, we have hope. He's seen me through countless ups and downs in the past. Crisis after crisis after crisis have come, and they have come, and they have gone, and I'm still standing. I'm still standing, and it's because that I'm standing on a solid foundation. The old hymn said it right. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand talking about the foundation of our hope today which is the savior but it is also the scriptures the scriptures psalm 119 verse 81 i have placed my hope where have you placed your hope mr psalmist i have placed my hope god in your word psalm 130 verse number five i am counting on the lord yes i am counting on him i have put my hope in his word Somebody said, I have read the last chapter of the Bible, and it says we win. Oh, there might be a host of ups and downs between the first page and the last page, but when the dust settles, oh, at the end of the day, we win. The psalmist wrote, weeping might endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Paul said it like this. He said, do not become weary in well-doing. Oh, he said, because a harvest of blessing awaits those who do not give up. Listen, it's not a time to give up. It's not a time to live in fear and to live in doubt and live in unbelief. But it is a day to live in hope. Our hope, our hope is on G in Jesus Christ. He's the foundation for our hope. And this world may change. Oh, systems may change. Personnels may change. But Jesus never changes. Amen? I'm sorry if I'm not enough gloom and doom for you this morning. I just not built that way. I just not, just not built that way. I've lived long enough to see that God is still God and see that God has brought me through and God will continue to bring me through. Amen. Oh, you're looking at a preacher of hope today. I said, you're looking at a preacher of hope today. I refuse to panic. I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to lose hope because my hope is not built on a temporary economy or set of brash political promises. No, no, no. My hope is built upon the foundation of my Savior. My hope is built upon the Holy Scriptures. I'll stake my life with it. Amen. On it, I've lived this way all my life. I intend to die. Amen. With my hope in Jesus and his word. Give him a shout of praise in his house today. Is anybody in this house thankful for hope today? Do you know how I 
Do you know how I feel? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not a good liar. <laughs> not a good faker. It's just it's what I believe. It's what I, it's, I, I stake my life on it. All right, we've talked about the fact, the foes, and the foundation. Now let's look at the focus. The focus. See, here's what I've learned, and that is we see what we look for. Have you ever noticed you go buy a new car? And until you decided on that new car, you never paid that much attention. But now all you see on the road is cars just like the one you bought. It's amazing. They were out there all the time. We see what we look for. We see what we focus on. Focus on our hurts. All we're going to see is our hurts. Focus on your problems. All you're going to see is your problems. We see what we focus on. People who lose hope are focusing on the wrong things. So let me give you three tips to help you with your focus. Three tips to help you with your focus. How many know you're getting a series in one sermon this morning in 30 minutes? Amen. Three tips to help you with your focus. First of all, saturate your feelings with scriptures of hope. Saturate your feelings with scriptures of hope. Our feelings are determined by our focus. Did you know, did you know that? Because of this, we need to feed our feelings with faith. And where does faith come from? Well, Paul tells us where faith comes from. He says in Romans 10 and 17, he says faith comes from hearing the word of the Lord. And Romans 15 and 4, the scriptures give us hope and encouragement. So saturate your feelings with scriptures of hope. And then shatter your fear by reminding yourself of God's faithfulness. Romans 5, verse 3 through 5 says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Let me ask you this morning, has God been good to you? Has he proven himself faithful? Has he come through in the past? Do you believe that the God of the Bible is the God of today? Do you believe that he is a now God? If you believe this, then shatter your fear by reminding yourself of God's faithfulness. And the third little tip that I have for you this morning is this, and that is set your eyes on the finish line. Set your eyes on the finish line. Don't allow temporary circumstances to blur your focus of the finish line. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 9 says, But for a little while, say a little while, but for a little while you will endure various trials, which will prove, what will these trials prove? They will prove the genuineness of your faith. And once it is proven, you will receive the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Peter walked on the water until, until he altered his focus. As long as his focus was upon Jesus, he walked on the water. Just like Jesus was walking on the water, Peter walked on the water as long as his focus was on Jesus. But when he began to look at the Wind and the waves and the crashing waves around him. When he began to focus upon the storm, well, down he went. 
We too can walk on the water. We can walk on top of our circumstances instead of allowing our circumstances to get on top of us. But only, say only. But only, only if we set our eyes on the finish line and refuse to allow our circumstances to blur our focus. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 2 says, Think or focus on the things of heaven and not on the things of the earth. All right, let's very quickly look at the fifth and final thing that I want to point out to you today is we are talking about being thankful for hope. The fifth thing I want to talk about today is the fate. The fate. Now, I simply want to make two statements here, and then we're done this morning. And this first statement is this, and that is, hope based on the world's values will always disappoint. See, the world simply cannot produce what it promises. Proverbs 14 and 12 says, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end is the way of death. Hope based on the world's values will always disappoint. On the other hand, hope based on the values of God's word is always dependable. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17 says, faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. God's word gives us hope. You want hope today? Turn off CNN. Turn off Fox. Turn off ABC, CBS, NBC. Turn on the word. You know, politicians love to talk about fake news today. Well, I'm sure there's fake news on both sides. This is not fake news. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. The real deal. The real deal. Say the real deal. God's word gives us hope. And hope keeps us going. If we keep going, we will eventually get through what we are going through. How many is ready to get through what you're going through? Amen. Uh, Listen to me. Listen to me. The God of the past is the God of the present. The God of yesterday is the God of today. Don't lose hope. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19 says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. The takeaway for the message is simply this. Hang on to your hope. Hang on to your hope. How many of you are thankful for hope today? Father, we thank you today for hope. Hope that we have today. God, our hope is not in man. Our hope is not in methods. Our hope is not in our money. God, our hope is in you. Our hope is in you. And you've been so faithful. Oh, and we believe that the God that has brought us this far is able to take us all the way home. Well, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed in this room, and those of you that are watching my live stream today, if you also could close your eyes, bow your head. Let me ask you today, do you have hope for eternity? Do you have hope for eternity? Do you have hope? It's wonderful to have hope. And that's what, you know, every election, every election, whoever's trying to get in tries to sell hope. They try and tell you, I've seen it my whole life, okay? Now, nothing changes. 
They tell you about how bad it is and how good it can be. And they sell hope. They sell hope. Well, it's wonderful to have hope in this world that tomorrow's going to be a better day than yesterday. That the business, my business is going to pick up or, you know, whatever it is that you need. It's good to have hope in this world and hope in this life. But the Bible says if we have hope in this life only, we are of all men most miserable. We don't just need hope for this world and for America. And, and let's just face it. Let's just face it. It's all about our comforts. Hello. It's just all about our comforts. We don't, we've gotten comfortable and we don't want to lose our comforts. And so we're scraping. Whatever side we're on, we're scraping to keep our comforts or get better, more comforts. But if your hope is only in this world, you're miserable. I'm talking about a hope. Yeah, it's a hope for this world, but it's a hope for the world to come. Hope for eternity. Do you have that hope? If you don't have that hope today, you can have that hope. That hope comes in Jesus Christ. It comes by putting our faith in God's grace. That's for our salvation. That's what gives us hope for eternal life. 